0: For our last flashback Friday of Movie Month, we have a delightful Kate's Take episode all about the love of movies. This episode features guest filmmaker Phoebe Freer, and the gals talk about working in video stores and movie theaters. What sparks this history of VHS and popcorn? It's the film Be Kind Rewind by Michelle Gondry. This wacky and fun movie is filled with a DIY attitude, and it's fuel for any filmmaker or creative. Now this episode ties into Monday's episode where Leah talked about her unexpected role model Carrie Fisher. Now you can see where that movie inspiration took her as she blazed a career path as Kate Chaplin. Originally aired March 23rd, 2017. Enjoy our Flashback Friday Kate's Take. Be kind. Rewind. Welcome to Kate's Take from GalsGuide.org. Each week I talk about a movie that has shaped my life, and I'll teach you how to dissect a movie and find the life lessons hidden within. This week, I am taking on Be Kind Rewind, a fantastic film with a lot of heart and soul from director Michel Gondry. Michel is most famous for Eternal, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and his music videos with the White Stripes, Bjork, and more, including Paul McCartney and the Foo Fighters. Michel has an innovative approach, sometimes blending elements like projectors to create a scene within a scene, Lego bricks for White Stripe music videos, and in Be Kind, the beautiful use of of illustration and practical in-camera effects that are purposefully rough around the edges. Now, luckily, I am not alone this week. I have convinced the fantastic filmmaker and my friend Phoebe Freer to join me. <laughs> Hello, Phoebe. Hi, Kate. Now, you have not seen this movie before. Uh, I asked you to be a guest. Is that right? That
1: is accurate, yes. I'm a monster. (laughs) You are not a monster. It was a joy to watch this movie. I was like, Kate said I would like it, so I'm just going to trust her on that.
0: (laughs) Perfect. My plan is almost complete. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I I wanted to get another filmmaker on, uh, especially for the show, because I feel like the greatest percentage of my enjoyment of this movie comes from the filmmaker side of me.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Did you kind of get that essence too? Did yeah. it kind of speak to the filmmaker in you? No,
1: absolutely, <laughs> especially with the whole starting out type thing. It was like just just coming up with inventive ways to make movies was really evident in that movie. And I oh, absolutely. I'll always love movies about making movies. That's just your awesomeness to me, so
0: <laughs> Exactly. I do have a thing about writers writing about writers. Like to me that's lazy writing. Right. But movies about movies,
1: yeah you sometimes would
0: say... they really warm my soul. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not fair. Like, that seems hypocritical
1: of me. Right, but it's... But it is it, what it, it is. is. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I'll be a hypocrite. It's fine. Yeah. In this case, <laughs> we'll go with it.
0: Exactly. Well, let's get into the movie. So, according to IMDb, uh, Michelle Gondry was inspired to make this film after making Dave Chappelle's Block Party, which took place on One City Block. Uh, Dave Chappelle was actually interested in playing Mike and came up with the ideas of remaking Driving Miss Daisy. Rush Hour 2 and Boys in the Hood now, the weird thing is, I don't see a producer credit for Dave Chappelle or even like a special thanks um, at the end. So I can't be 100% on all of this. <laughs> I will always put that little flash, flash of doubt, basically. Um, however, I also did read that Gondry insisted on casting people in Passaic, New Jersey. So many of which are actually in the ending scene that are watching the movie that they all worked on all together. So that's a little bit of art imitating life, life imitating art, you know, at the All that kind of good stuff. But we'll get into the ending in just a little bit. So the film follows Mr. Fletcher, played by Danny Glover, who owns a building that jazz legend Fats Waller was born in. Uh, It's now a video and thrift store, and it's called Be Kind Rewind. Mike, played by Mo Staff, works in the store, and he has a friend uh, that Mr. Fletcher generally wants to be kept out of the store. And his name is Jerry, and he is played by Jack Black in all of his craziness. Uh, The film takes place in 2008, uh, but the store not only rents VHS tapes for a dollar a day, there's also other video stores, one that looks very much like a blockbuster in the film, uh, but it has moved on to DVD. So let's talk about video rental stores for a Mm -hmm. little bit. There are still some movie rental stores out there. They're all DVD now, but there are a few here and there. There's even like a stray blockbuster (laughs) That is kind of, like, cited on the internet. Somebody will find one in Texas. There's a couple that pop up. Like, there's one in Indiana, where I am, but I think it closed down. It also becomes an urban legend. Like, have you seen the blockbuster? No, it doesn't exist. Oh, it closed. (laughs) And... Then somebody would be like, it's back open again, or it's always been open. It's They're like Loch Ness Monsters now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Blockbusters. I actually worked at video rental stores. I uh, All of them closed, of the ones that I worked at. Uh, I worked at a Blockbuster in Grand Rapids, uh, and only a few months later, I actually worked at the Hollywood video, because they made me a bigger offer when they came in and saw me working at Blockbuster, um, because they were opening a new location across the street. So <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
1: Classic. Video <laughs> stores.
0: Yes. <laughs> I then moved to Northern California where I worked at Eastman Video in Vacaville. That got bought out and became a Hollywood video. Uh, and then I got promoted at another Hollywood video in Sassoon, California. Uh, so while I was at these stores, we had VHS. We had Laserdiscs, and we had some game systems. Not a whole bunch, but just a few. I was also working at a sell-through rental store called Suncoast. Suncoast also died. (laughs) DVD really did very well for a while, but they still died. But it was working at those video stores that I learned to love prepping the new releases, calling the missing returns, and spending way too much time simply rewinding videos. In retrospect, it was very fun on a Friday or Saturday night when everybody wanted one One particular movie, one new release. And when they were all rented out, they would wait and they would see if somebody would return it to the bin. Uh, Some nights I got to be the hero. Uh, Some nights I was the villain. (laughs) It just happened. (laughs) So, Phoebe, I know that you have been to rental movie stores and you work in a movie theater. I do. Did you ever work in a rental video store?
1: I did not work in a rental uh, rental video store. But there was a Blockbuster in my area, and uh, it definitely closed down quite a few years ago. Basically, before I was like of working age, it closed uh, down. Otherwise, you
0: would have worked there. I yeah, know Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know it.
0: <laughs> you get two free rentals a night working at a video store. What? That's what I'm what? talking about. How do you think I've seen so many movies that are pre-2007? <laughs> it all makes sense
1: now.
0: Two movies a night. Wow. I was never quite bored. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of
0: jealous now. I know. Well, those jobs don't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> Unless you find that Loch Ness Monster blockbuster. Right. And then, and then, and then you'll maybe. have, like, a
1: six-month-long job because it's going to close. But
0: Pretty much. Every day will be on bated <laughs> breath of whether right. or not you have a job the next day. Right.
1: <laughs> Well, in the store,
0: most customers, they really just rented the new releases. So I have to admit, I totally chuckled when Mr. Fletcher is doing his research to try to make his store better um, and trying to figure out what the people want. Uh, So he goes into a fictional West Coast video and he writes this. Less choice, more copies of the same movie. Simplify the category genre. Noticeable outfit with big badge on employees. No specific knowledge of movies required. Yep. <laughs> so let's break this down, shall we? Because there is a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. <laughs> wrapped up in this. So Hollywood Video, they they did this changeover basically of uh, of categories. They were first really big on selection. Hollywood Video was supposed to be known for having a wide variety of movies. But soon, they would take an entire bookcase, three VHS deep, with just one title. They started focusing really on new releases and not their catalog. Now, what killed me is I knew that every new release was bought for $60 to $100 each. And they rented them. Yeah. Nobody really, really knew it was that much money. Until I called you and said, "Your video has not been returned for six months. If you don't return it, the bill is sixty dollars or a hundred dollars." yeah then suddenly those movies got returned) <laughs> Oh, I well, sure. <laughs> But like a bookcase, an entire bookcase full of Independence Day was probably an investment of about $16,000 to a video store. And that just killed me. Um, and nearly every single one of them, if it was a big title, would rent out on weekends for the first couple of weeks, like all the time. So when DVD came out... It was cool. They were day and date. So their prices, of course, were like 20, 30 bucks per copy. So the rental stores liked it because it was cheaper for each copy. The thing is, is that people could also buy them anywhere else and not rent them. So because before that, the only way to see a new movie when it came to the rental market was at a rental store. And that kind of killed the the rental stores a little bit.
1: (laughs) I just think that's very interesting that the... I don't think the general public even would know that it costs that much to have for the rental store to even have the movie in stock, and then it's yeah. so crazy to me that like, okay, Independence Day was big, and yeah. like it was big for a couple weeks, and then like after those couple weeks, your movies are gone. You know, you're mm-hmm. like it's not and it's not popular anymore. So it's kind of no wonder that they kind of went extinct, so to speak, because. Yeah. I mean, now you got Netflix, you know. Netflix is just swept It's a the... game changer. It is. Yeah, it just swept the competition out of the blue. It's like, oh. Well, everything's changed. How how do we compensate <laughs> for that, you know?
0: Oh yeah, even when Netflix started with mailing you DVDs. Right. It was still a big deal because the biggest thing was, uh, I don't feel like leaving the house to go get a movie. I don't feel like leaving the house to bring it back. Right. So that even took the only thing that sucked out of the video store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> out of the equation. And then streaming. Oh, forget oh, about yeah. streaming. Now exactly. it's like you can watch what you want, when you want. You don't even have to wait for the mail for it. Right.
1: It's <laughs> you don't crazy.
0: have to remember to put it back in the mail. Right. Right. It's uh, it's utterly amazing. Yeah. I always remember the look on people's faces when they would um, when they would come in, especially at Suncoast uh, Suncoast sold uh, movies. So they would come in and wanting to buy a movie. Uh, I was that person that would explain to them. And this was my speech. I feel like it's like ingrained in my head. They would ask me about a movie that's like in the theater that day. Right. And I'd be like, well, right now the movie's in the theater. It'll take six to nine months for it to come out to rent. When it comes out to rent, it'll be for sale between $60 and $100. You can purchase it for that much from us if you want to. I wouldn't recommend it. You'll then have to wait another six to nine months, and we'll have it at the store for about 20 bucks." <laughs>
1: wow. You got that down pat. Good job. <laughs> I
0: said it for about five years of my life nearly oh, wow. every day. <laughs> But, of course, I was the only one that would do it, because if somebody came in, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 just talk to Kate.
1: <laughs> of course, because he had And then
0: yeah. I would do the spiel, they'd right. be like, she has a lot of numbers and time, and...
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I just feel like I don't want to bother, so I'm just going to send you to her. <laughs> right. So the simplification of the genre that uh, Mr. Fletcher talks about is another one that cracks me up. So Mr. Fletcher says they will only rent action-adventure, and comedies. Uh, And then he finds Lord of the Rings (laughs) in comedy, which is clearly an action-adventure, let's just say that. I mean, if you're going to just only two-genre it. The genres were always tough in the stores that I worked at. And actually, in some stores, the titles would be different than in the next store that I worked at. It felt like it was very subjective. Mm -hmm. Uh, One example that I always had was Escape from New York, uh, because it's sci-fi, but it's action-adventure, but it's also horror. Oh, great. So that was kind of like one of those mix of genres. But because it took place in the future, it was deemed sci-fi, at least in the places that I worked at. Yeah, I yeah, sure. <laughs> and when I could say, no, we're putting this in sci-fi, it helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's wonderful having different sections for browsing if you're browsing for a particular genre. But most people at the stores that I was at just looked at the new releases right. and maybe the comedies. Like, that was it. That's wow. the browsing that you're really going to get. Um, and sometimes action adventure, but not so much. Uh, so, actually, Mr. Fletcher is not wrong in this particular case, yeah. <laughs> as far as my experience. That is pretty much where people's attention span. Is that, unless, well, Suncoast also had an anime section. Anime mm-hmm. was pretty popular, too. That makes sense. But... Yeah, but you're, you're a specific niche there. Yeah,
1: that's very <laughs> specific.
0: <laughs> Do you have like a favorite genre that you browse out? Oh. Well, that's see, that's a the thing. thing, we Gosh. don't even browse at the stores anymore. Like
1: No. Any I mean, we section browse on, on Netflix
0: your Netflix? Now. Netflix. Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. It's impossible to browse on Netflix. I look on recently added and right. trending. I think those are the only two. Otherwise, yeah. I'm specifically looking for something. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like The genre and like there is genres in Netflix where you can browse through and like I feel like they're always the same 20 movies anyway and it's almost like they're trying to get you to watch these certain things so I kind of just avoid it. I think an interesting thing about movies is they're almost purposefully multiple genres. You go to film school or you read a film book and they're like okay pick one genre now pick another genre that'll fit with it. You know, yeah. they almost want you to pick two or three so that you can... Um, Create something o- new. Right, and reach yeah. a more broad audience than just science mm-hmm. fiction people, you know?
0: I'm so, really glad yeah. I didn't work in any store when Cowboys versus Aliens came oh, out. Oh, God. <laughs> Where do you put that? I Where? Mean, that's I like, don't know. I just, I, like, one copy in every section, I think, right. is probably the only way to get around it. It's
1: probably best. <laughs>
0: But that's true. I mean genres do defy uh characterization most of the time. Right. It really is. It comes down to a business. Like yeah. for you know, a business model, where do I put this right. so my employees can find it? Really that's it. Yeah, it
1: really. <laughs> is. Customer's
0: not gonna find anything on their own. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> they want something, they're gonna ask you for it anyway. So pretty much. Yeah. Yep. This is why I
0: know so many movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. People asking. So when Mr. Fletcher says noticeable outfit, mm. I totally groan inside because I've been there, done that. I did the the blue polo and the khakis at Blockbuster. That was right. That was weird. Yep. I was that person. Uh, now, at Hollywood Video, uh, we did a light blue button-up kind of shirt, like a Blues Brothers shirt, mm-hmm. not Blues Brothers, uh, Buster Blues, I think is oh. what they called them, Buster Blues shirt, and then a big old name tag. But now... Eastman video yeah. <laughs> I kid you not I had to wear a tuxedo shirt a red bow tie and a red cummerbund Are you kidding we looked me? I'm not kidding they wanted us to be classy but we looked like rejected penguins like all of us we were it doesn't look good on a bunch of you know snotty teenagers
1: no, <laughs> no that's just that's just wrong. it was
0: it was really wrong but yeah. you know what somehow in this terrible terrible uniform I met my husband what (laughs) the outfit did not scare him away because I believe it was my Tarantino knowledge that's amazing (laughs) that went past the cummerbund and bow tie into his heart that is
1: that is acceptable that is 100% acceptable I just I like your husband even more right now
0: (laughs) he could see me at my most ridiculous that's amazing (laughs) Did anybody around you ever have crazy uniforms in movie or video stores?
1: I, I work at a movie theater and we just switched from Carmike to AMC. Like we yeah. just recently switched and cuz we got bought out. Carmike, they had like black polos. And now AMC, right. a, AMC went really far out there and we have black t-shirts now. So wow. Ooh. Yeah. Because
0: that's expensive. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And they're, like, fitted now more. Like, my t-shirt actually fits oh. better than my polos, so they look kind of nice, but it's like, wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this that is, is
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. At least I don't have to wear a color I don't like, but I'm, like, in black like all the time
0: so here's my thing if you're at a movie theater the popcorn dust is real I mean like I have that everywhere
1: oh my goodness (laughs) why would you guys wear uh, black
0: when there's that much popcorn dust and salt and everything around it's
1: a valid question that I don't think they have an answer to I think they're just (laughs) like yeah this is best or, okay, you know, you know what's what? best. Great. Probably
0: <laughs> in the back of their heads, they're like, you know what? I could put you in a tuxedo shirt with a red button. Probably. Bow tie, so though, don't question me. Probably. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not complaining. I don't have to wear like a
1: ridiculous color I don't like. So. We're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: exactly. The pay is still the same. It's right, fine. Right. It's fine.
1: <laughs> At least it's not yellow. I can deal with black. It's all right.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a much easier... Well, also, it's better than white. Totally. Because, I mean, for crying out loud, uh, the amount of spillage in a movie theater Listen, is crazy. I,
1: I wear white... And, like, dirt attracts to me. So it would turn gray in, like, two days. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm not even going to try because it's not going to work. So... You when know, worked, black is best.
0: <laughs> when I worked at a movie theater, we had to wear a long-sleeve white shirt.
1: Oh, gosh. And
0: it was the popcorn uh, butter that would always be on my yep. wrists. Yep. That And it's like, you know, I would get marked down for it all the time, too, because oh, I was, geez. like, you know, 16 in the concessions. But, right. yeah, and it's like, well, dude, it's a white shirt. <laughs> right.
1: Like, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to be as quick as I can getting people their popcorn. Exactly, because they're
1: always in a rush because, you know, movies.
0: Of course, they start right. on a particular time, so you got to get them in
1: exactly.
0: Oh, so the last part of Mister Fletcher's research now just really cracks me up. This is where uh, you and I just totally we we feel this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No knowledge of movies required. Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> I I died. Oh, like are you kidding me? And then I was like, isn't it true though? It is. <laughs> and then I actually thought back to something that my grandfather said. Like, he was talking about, like, a hardware store, right? Yes. he was talking about how it went from, like, a mom-and-pop store to, like, Lowe's or something like that. And he was like, well, at the mom-and-pop store, he could go in, explain the part, they understand what it is they're talking about, and they go find it at Lowe's. My pap is very knowledgeable, so he would know a lot about it anyway, but my pap would know more about the part than the guy at Lowe's. And you literally have to just find it on your own because... They're just, I don't know, zombies working in a store. They're not like, they don't, it's not like a profession or something, you know? So yep. it just made me think of that. It's like, oh, that's how all stores are kind of leaning towards. Oh, we don't need to train them. They'll figure it out. And, you know, everybody can just stay dumb. It's okay. Like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> my you favorite thing about <laughs> like,
0: right. My favorite thing about Lowe's or Home Depot if we're looking mm-hmm. for something, generally the reaction is, well, let's go see if we can find that. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an adventure. That... Right. But they have no idea. <laughs> They're right. willing to help, but
1: they don't know. <laughs> they don't know anything. It's like, let me look it up on my computer. Oh, it's not in our inventory.
0: Yeah. Because
1: it's... Okay. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it was yeah. the people that I worked with, too. There was very few movie freaks right <laughs> basically uh, when I got to be a uh, store manager because I worked my way up because I'm an overachiever like totally. that I tried to hire as many movie freaks as I could mm-hmm. but I can say the pickings were slim, I yeah. mean, most of them they're teenagers, they just want a job, and yep. they don't care what industry it is exactly. um like some of them wanted to just work in the mall because anywhere in any store in the mall is going to be cool, right. and then some just didn't want to work in fast food, right. so they didn't care like me, I was like, I will only apply to movie themed places right that's what <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> yep exactly but no that's not the way it is but so it was it was kind of hard seeing a customer ask for like a really well-known movie Mm -hmm. that was not on the new release wall and having that employee just like blank just absolutely blank out it was like the customer was talking another language um yeah i mean i unfortunately was probably way too far on the other end of the spectrum but i don't (laughs) care because it is who i am but i was that person who would memorize release dates (laughs) I would memorize the categories. I had movie lines. I knew movies by the boxes. Uh pre-2001, I could tell you the name of a movie if you described the box to me. That's
1: amazing. I was that person. <laughs> I wish I was um, that person. I need to become that person.
0: Well, it's a certain set of skills that really has no function (laughs) now that video stores have closed. I gotcha. (laughs) It really doesn't help me too much. Uh, If there was a trivia, uh, describe the movie box. Right. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, maybe it would work. But yeah, most video stores really, you don't have movie buffs behind the counter. You do have those employees that you know by name, and that was me. Totally. (laughs) So most customers would just come in and they'd ask for me or they'd ask for that Weird Movie Girl. That's what yeah. I became known as. And I, that, I wanted that on my name badge after nice. a while. Weird Movie Girl could totally work. Uh, because I was the one that would either um, help them find that movie that that one guy was in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if they're like, I really like this movie. What else do you have that's like that? That was where oh, I nice. really loved those. Because then I could be like, let's go to the section. And i just nice. start pulling out options and be like, what box speaks to you? Nice. <laughs> so, yes, no movie knowledge required. So true for too many industries at this yeah. point. <laughs> Absolutely. So in the movie itself, uh, sorry, we had to geek out about movies of for course. a bit. Of yeah. <laughs> So in the movie itself, we meet Mike and Jerry as well. So Mike lives in the building Mm -hmm. and he helps Mr. Fletcher at the video store. Jerry lives uh, down the street in an RV in a junkyard by Mm -hmm. the power plant. And we meet them as they paint a mural of Fats Waller with the Be Kind Rewind tag, hoping that it will help customers uh, get to their store, but also to know the history of the building and who Fats Waller is. Uh, We learned how crazy and disorganized Jerry, Is, which, you know, we saw that coming. He's casted by Jack Black, but still, good character. (laughs) So, Mr. Fletcher learns that his building is condemned and breaking many code violations, and the city wants to make room for new condominiums. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Fletcher has 60 days to bring his building up to code, or they will demolish it and move Mr. Fletcher to the project. This is the part that's kind of formulaic, but you know what? I think it works. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's a feel-good kind of throwback movie. So, of course, their building's going to get demolished. Of course, yeah. I was like, <laughs> all
1: right, here we go. They, like, quote-unquote have, like... Code violations, great. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a dump. It's clearly old, but it's not a dump. And you're like, oh, roll the eyes, you know. Okay, here we go.
0: (laughs) I mean, what we love about this movie isn't hinged on that. So that's what helps.
1: Right. (laughs) right. I was like, but was like, this is a good foundation for something interesting to happen because it's not... It creates
0: conflict.
1: It does. And it's not really about, like, why they're being shut down. It's more like... What are they going to do about it?
0: So uh, Mike runs the store for Mr. Fletcher while he's away at a celebration of Fats Waller. And he tries to warn Mike to keep Jerry out of the store. But it takes a while for Mike to understand that <laughs> message. <laughs> it's adorable sequence. I don't know why I love it so much. Uh, so in the meantime, Jerry thinks that the power plant is trying to control people and he wants to sabotage it. <laughs> Again, that makes can't sense. say... Can't say he's totally wrong, but sure. Uh, But Jerry ends up getting electrocuted, and somehow that makes him magnetized. Now, this is your leap of creative imagination you kind of have to take with this. Uh, But when he visits Mike at the video store, because he's magnetized, he erases all the videotapes. So that's our real conflict. Not so much the building, but the erasing of all the videotapes and the livelihood of the business. So, when Mia Farrow's character, who is Mrs. Followitz, I would probably go back and forth between calling her Followitz and calling her Mia because it's Mia Farrow. Yeah. (laughs) But when she comes into the store, she wants to rent Ghostbusters. Now, three things are apparent. Number one, she's never seen Ghostbusters. (laughs) Number two, she has depression issues and really loves to talk about them, (laughs) which I think is absolutely adorable. And number three, she talks to Mr. Fletcher every night.
1: Every night.
0: And I'm thinking it's because of the depression issues, and he's checking up on her, and it shows the very sweetness of both of them totally. actually caring and they're about like each an other.
1: Adorable little couple that they're they, like, oh no, we're not a couple. We're like, yes, you I are. Know. Come on. They never
0: really like <laughs> they don't take any moment to like get them together, which I actually no. kind of appreciate. I do too. Because then actually. in your mind, you can be like, I bet you they got together, or right. somewhere down the line, Mr. Fletcher and Mrs. Followitz got together. Totally. <laughs> But you don't have to see it, which is actually really great. Yeah. Uh, So fearing that Mrs. Followitz will tell Mr. Fletcher that they have released all the tapes and pretty much destroyed his business. (laughs) um, She says she will come back when they close uh, and they better have the movie and clean up the store. So first, Mike tries to find a VHS copy, but there's no luck because, again, everybody's on DVD at this point. Uh, Then Mike has an idea. Mm -hmm. He takes the blank... VHS, the now blank VHS uh, copy of Ghostbusters, puts it into a VHS camcorder, I totally use those by the way, uh, and refilmed the movie. Now, they only have to use, they can only use one take <laughs> for each scene because they are actually editing in camera. Uh, right. Before we get to how they decided to make their reenactment of Ghostbusters, Phoebe, have you ever had to edit in camera?
1: I have not unle- – well, I kind of skipped the whole film VHS thing, and I you went to digital. very lucky, my friend. Yeah. I mean, the closest <laughs> to in-camera I filmed was we filmed on, a, like, an iPod Touch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we yeah. actually okay. saved the footage, and I edited it on the iPod Touch, which was, like, gotcha. insane. Because it was – laggy and stuff. So I imagine True. that would be the closest thing I've ever done to, to editing in camera. Because you were camera.
0: in device, basically. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yep. And I know, oh, mm. but it's digital. So I haven't, it sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me tell you about it, mostly for my own therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my drama club decided that they wanted to make a video version of Grease, and it was very similar to this kind of a reimagining thing that they do in Be Kind Rewind. Um, So (laughs) the problem is, is that I had to edit in camera. There was no editing studio or anything like that. Now with video, there's this terrible thing of the lead time uh, where the machine is not up to speed. So sometimes it actually rewinds a few frames back to kind of get on a proper spoke, And you can lose the tail end of the scene that you just filmed. Um, Also, if it takes too long to get up to speed, then you get snow in between the edits, in between the stops and starts. I started with actually doing editing of VHS to VHS uh, without an editing bay. (laughs) So what I would do is I would either use uh, two VCRs that were hooked together, or I would use the camera itself with the tape in it. And then uh, attach it to a, a VCR. Mm-hmm. And so basically I would hit play on one and record on the other. <laughs> wow. <That laughs> and so like it was all Robert
1: Rodriguez did.
0: He did. Oh, he totally edited on videotape Mm -hmm. to videotape. Oh, my God. That's why I should have followed the career of Robert Rodriguez much more (laughs) than Tarantino. But that's okay. But you also you had to allow for that lead time. You had it to be a few seconds longer than where you needed it to be. And you needed it to be able to start recording a few seconds earlier than you need it to, to be so it was never perfect uh and then of course you had to rewind the entire tape to find the next scene that you needed to do the whole thing again right. <laughs> so it was one of those things it was a pain but I actually got pretty good at it because there was no other alternative for me Right. <laughs> that was the way it was I guess the closest thing I tried to think of what the closest thing was that I could think that was modern day ish uh vine Vine is probably right. the closest thing. I mean, it's six seconds though I right. mean, so it is, and it isn't, but where people would record a few seconds and then go to another location and rec- and then another few seconds, um and that would put it all together, and if you messed it up, you had to go all the way back to the beginning again,
1: right, yeah,
0: we're all the way back to the beginning, and we're talking about six seconds <laughs>
1: right exactly like yeah, slightly but different. That's, <laughs> That's the closest, but that's
0: still, that's digital. That's much more friendly.
1: Right, it is.
0: <laughs> but if you miss that take, you miss that take. I'm not that nostalgic. I'm super glad it's gone. Mm-hmm. So Mike and Jerry go to the library, and this is where I fall in love with this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So they're recreating Ghostbusters, and they have floating books on wires, which you can totally see and are meant to. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They use the Christmas garland as the photon so lasers. Isn't that adorable? It was. Oh, like that's so oh. genius,
1: though. Why didn't I think of that?
0: I know because because you knew that it looked hokey. I know that it looks hokey, so right. it's like no, we've got to look professional. But right. it looks so fun. It's so fun, yeah. I also love that they toss the Dewey Decimal cards, like oh they toss gosh. them off camera, yes. because that's actually what you would do.
1: It <laughs> is. Like, some of the stuff that they did it was like, no, that's how you do camera tricks that those are real life camera tricks like good job guys (laughs) I know my
0: favorite one is the uh the Slimer the with Slimer so it's Mike in the green trash bag with the flashlight Mm -hmm. um and he runs up to a wall and mm-hmm. then it's a very slow cut, unintentionally. Right. A cut of another wall, then cut to Slyburn right, again, right, running right. towards camera. Yeah. And because they broke it down and made that shot really slow, right? It showed you that's actually what we do.
1: It <laughs> is like it's like if you can see. Obviously, it's not as smooth as what we would like it to be. But no, it showed step by step. No, that's how we edit it together. Like that's how that's what you do to do that. Oh yep. my gosh. those are so... the
0: elements that you need. That's
1: it. Right? You got it. Yeah. I was like, how did you do this? Good job. I, I was like it... so proud of them. I was like, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Like I know you're fictional, but seriously, no. Good job, man. Like you go. <laughs> I
0: mean, I call it movie magic. I mean, because yeah. it really is. Um, because I mean, those scenes are not only a dissection of the movie, but they're showing you the magician's tricks.
1: Right, they are. That's oh what I gosh. love about
0: it. Me too. I was like,
1: I was like, okay, this is an okay movie. This is this is all right. And then I got mm-hmm. to that point, and I'm like, yes, oh, I see why Kate showed me this. Uh-huh.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I saw the trailer. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be any good. It has elements that look cute. And what it was is I needed just a night out, a night out from the kids, a night Mm -hmm. out from the husband. I just needed to be by myself. And I went to a movie. And that's usually what I did for a night out. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go see Be Kind Rewind. It just feels like it's serendipitous. I don't really know if I'm going to like this movie. And it was just like you. I was sitting there going, okay, formulaic, all right, Jack Mm -hmm. Black's crazy. And then they did that, and I went, oh, damn. Right? Yeah. You got me. You got me on this movie. (laughs) I'm
1: not huge on Jack Black. Like, he's okay, but I don't think he's, like, the funniest guy ever. I'm like, he's all right. But like, I like
0: a more in, intonacious D. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, in this, I was like, first quarter of the movie, he's like, typical mm-hmm. Jack Black, like, okay, you're kind of funny, but whatever. But then you get, mm-hmm. like, to the movie-making part, and are like... Oh, oh, I get it. Uh Oh, it makes sense Life makes
0: sense again. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, back to movie tricks, too. I remember having to uh, explain to a producer that you don't need your exterior location to be the same as your interior location. Yeah. And that's something like we we were actually on the set where we use that a lot on Wigged Out. Our interiors were almost never the same as our exteriors. <laughs> yep, And it's one of those things where it's really cool. I mean, the, the trick of that is, is that you're filming an actor outside one day in a very pretty outside place. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you have them open the door and take a step, maybe two, <laughs> yeah. into a door. And then you switch to the other location. You film it on another day. You make sure that everything matches their hair, right. makeup, costume, what they were holding. Um, and you have them come in a couple of steps from the right. other door and they're in a completely different location. Location. yeah it's it's a movie tricks do you it have is. any other favorite movie tricks Ooh. that were either in be kind rewind or just like in general ones uh ones that you use i mean something simple like you know into your exterior locations
1: i don't have a super specific example but like i like things that you can make appear off camera like oh yes, you, or make the audience assume is actually there, but it's not there. Uh, like with sound, like you hear the sound of a monster, but you don't actually see it. You know, yeah. Stuff like oh, that, absolutely.
0: You know? So see, I,
1: yeah, I like making the audience imagine stuff more than like showing them. You know,
0: I remember I was on a um, somebody was making a. Doritos crashed the Super Bowl commercial. You know, they have those contests where it's like make a commercial about Doritos. So um, a friend of mine um, asked me if I would help and uh, we were filming in a movie theater and so we had the movie theater... Um and we had the lights off but of course we weren't putting anything on the projector because that would actually cost money <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's contracted to the theater right so um so we had lights up uh, and they were filming it, and i'm like hold on guys why isn't anybody flickering them and they're like what i'm like when you watch a movie, the light isn't constant. It flickers on you. So basically, I had people and myself just kind of like put our hands in front of them nice. and just kind of like, you know, the light's there, the light's not there. It's completely random. Right. Um, but they're like, oh, my gosh, how does that work? And I'm like, guys, you have to think about the environment. Right. <laughs> and you're cheating it. You can manipulate it in pretty much any way you can. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love movie tricks. Oh, I think yeah. that's... That's my favorite of study. I mean, it started with Charlie Charlie Chaplin and eating his own chew. Right. I had to know how he did that. I had right. to know it was made of licorice.
1: When when I was a kid, I hated watching the behind-the-scenes stuff because I... You thought it would
0: ruin the movie?
1: Yeah, I thought, like, because mm-hmm. it, like, took away the movie magic for me. I was like, I don't want to know the magician's secrets Yeah, unless I'm the magician. Right. So once I started getting into film, I want to watch all the behind-the-scenes and, like... The movie magic is actually heightened now for me when I'm watching mm-hmm. behind the scenes because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do that. Right, I can do this. I can do that magic trick and mm-hmm. have the same... Sense of awe and wonder to my own audience. This is so cool. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. And it's it's hidden within the cut. It's hidden yeah. within the uh the blocking and the styling. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things. The more time you have with a movie and a scene, right. the more inventive you can really oh, get yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I absolutely adore it. So but not only does it show the editing secrets mm-hmm. in the movie be kind rewind, it also shows the ingenuity. We were talking about like the proton packs with the garland i love the cardboard box as a television yeah and they're behind it acting as the commercial that was so
1: cute i'm like how do you think of this like right. i don't know how i would think of this but they're they didn't start out movie makers the makers they're just like oh we're we're just gonna make a thing and i'm like Okay, make a thing. Keep keep making the stuff. We Go have to get it. it as
0: close as we possibly can by tonight. By tonight, like in three hours.
1: But that is is in a nutshell movie making because yeah. you're always on a budget, you're always on a time crunch, always thinking of these different things. Make it work ideas. with the stuff
0: you have, yeah. basically. And like yep. I,
1: was, I almost feel like the more like money you have, the less inventive yeah. you can be. Oh, and absolutely! And I think that takes away from the movie magic. You're like, oh, you have enough yeah. money that you can just paint over any mistake, and you can just, you know, mm, make throw a money trick. at a problem. Exactly. Yep. So you can you're not actually thinking of something creative to solve it with. Yeah. But if you don't have if you don't have the money to buy anything you want,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to be creative about it, and that's where the magic happens. And I think that's really
0: absolutely. It's awesome. where innovation totally happens. Yeah. Uh, the other parts that I love are the things that that filmmakers would never do, but are so absolutely adorable. Like mm-hmm. the cat being Gozer, the Garzarian. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I, it was just mm-hmm. using what you have. And totally. I just, I like the creativity more than the polish, and I never totally. thought I'd say that. No, and I
1: know. You're so right.
0: I wish I was brave enough to actually do this in my own work, but I'm Me not. Me
1: too. Yeah, no, I'm not either. <laughs> you know what I liked? I liked, um... I liked the fan in front, like, when they were filming the end
0: This makes it look old.
1: This makes it look old, because to make it look like it's on film. Yeah. That was so clever, because they actually opened the movie with some of what they filmed. Yes, yeah. They started
0: it kind of in between, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm, like, watching it at first, before I knew what it was, going, Mm -hmm. this kind of looks like an old film, but it kind of doesn't. And what's wrong with this picture? Like, what... What's going Uh on here, you know? (laughs) And then they show you, and you're like, that's really clever. You almost had me fooled there. Like, that was really cool.
0: (laughs) I figured it was a post-production trick. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. If you can... If you can in camera trick. That right. is quite that is, amazing. That was so
1: cool. So you see the span and this camera just go walking around. you are like, that's really ghetto looking, but okay.
0: Hey, it's working.
1: It works. Oh man.
0: So uh so through their doing um Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. uh Jerry has a diva moment about car chases. Oh my gosh, yeah how the car chase should be at night mm-hmm. and how the street should be wet. So it cracks me up, it cracks you up. Yeah. I, I it's because so many movies have this and you can just hear a seasoned producer saying mm-hmm. something like this. But to which I would say Blues Brothers didn't have that. French Connection didn't Ooh. have that. Both have great car chases, not at night, and not with re- uh, wet roads. But I digress. <laughs> That's the movie geek in me. But I love when he continues with, we need a minimal of professionalism. I know.
1: I was like, do you know, do you remember what your real name is? Like, Right. <laughs> do you remember where you live in a right.
0: junkyard by do a power you- station?
1: Right. Do you remember what just happened like a day ago? Like, Yeah. Did- any of this ring a bell? <laughs> but it's, have
0: you not heard it on a film set? Because oh, yes. I think I have seen it or heard it more times than I care to admit. I actually remember two examples and I will not name names, but one of the uh, minimal uh, effort of professionalism, the sound guy trying to tell the cinematographer how to light a green screen.
1: Oh, geez. That one, that's we need a, a minimal amount
0: of professionalism, right? Oh
1: nope, that's a bad uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There was another one where I was the AD and... The scene involved uh, uh, actors with their hands with their hands duct taped together, mm-hmm. and so they're like, "Here, they just hand me the duct tape," and they're like, "Can you duct tape them together?" And then there was a critique on how I duct taped their hands together, needing a minimalism of professionalism. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't kidnap people. I don't know how you tie somebody's hands with duct tape. Wow, <laughs>
1: that, that's something right there. That's so
0: usually when I hear something of that manner, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and Yo, it's coming yeah. from the wrong person at the wrong time about totally. the wrong thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, like car chases needing to be I like how they fix it though. They yeah. do the negative filter. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so
1: cool. Oh like I don't know. Need- how? Wow! Alrighty then, and they're like, you know, faceplant or you know the faceplant on the scanner, so you can yeah, because like, your, your face looks
0: really weird in in it was called Twilight on my camera, it was mm. Twilight, and then but they use negative, yeah, it looks too weird, like creepishly weird. So right, um, so yeah, they did the photocopy and then taped that to their
1: face. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny
0: but it looked like it was at night jerry got his what he needed yeah (laughs) so they get back to the store and they give mr uh miss Followitz the vhs of ghostbusters and another Mm -hmm. customer comes in and wants rush hour two uh when he threatens to go to west coast video mike says he'll have it for him tomorrow and they make their version of rush hour two Mm -hmm. now because jerry doesn't want to kiss wilson
1: (laughs) oh my gosh
0: (laughs) another beautiful diva moment. Uh, They go to a dry cleaners and they meet Alma and Alma joins the team. And we'll come back to Alma in a second. But two really amazing things happen. Number one, the team starts to take pride in their work. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Jerry says, we worked really hard on it and our version is better than the original. And then Mike argues that their version is only 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) to which Alma adds in 20 minutes is all the brain can actually concentrate Um, and also Miss Follow It's nephews come back uh, having seen their version of Ghostbusters they love it and they want more so Mm -hmm. let's break this down so first appreciating your own hard work so uh, this is actually hard for as a filmmaker and at least it is really for me I mean shorts or features it doesn't matter Uh, it's the time that you put into it it's that leaps and bounds uh, that are much longer than the actual runtime. So even when I try to make a short film as quick as I possibly can with a quick turnover, it's still a lot of energy. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of time commitment. Um, Here's the best way that I can explain it. Uh, One script formatted page averages about one minute of screen time. And one script page an average takes one hour to film. Yep. That's how I described it too. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those things where if that scene is not complicated and it's just normal coverage and close-ups and all that kind of good stuff. So if you're talking a 10 page script, you're talking 10 hours to film. Right. And then with like, you know, lunch breaks and moves and locations and Mm -hmm. normal delays. I mean, you're looking at 15 to 20 hours Mm -hmm. put in just for a 10 page script. So, you know, and then you have to like edit, color it, put music to it, put titles on it. (laughs) Right. One film, regardless of its length, has so many hours behind it. Right. And most times you love it when you're creating it, right? Right. And then you love it when you're done making it.
1: <laughs>
0: right. But there's moments in between that it's hard to love it, right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> you do it because you know uh, that you appreciate the effort of everybody else, at least that is for me. Right. Um, I absolutely love the... the. I, I appreciate more the work of others mm-hmm. um, behind the camera than I do of my own work. It's one right. of those things. But I also appreciate the film itself.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Much
0: more than I appreciate any of my work in it.
1: No, yeah, cuz it kind of I am I'm, I'm agreeing with you cuz I'm in the same boat about myself. That's not how I feel about you. That's how
0: I feel. Well, about oh, me. oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> no, like, I figured yeah. us filmmakers are all like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. We love it, but we hate it, but we love it. Right.
1: But it kind of takes on a life of its own in the end because you have to collaborate with other people and everybody mm-hmm. has their own take on it and then it's never the same as what it's in your head. But it's. Sometimes always, it's better. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know
0: yeah. until you get there. You don't
1: know until you get there. But it's really cool how it takes on a life of its own and you're like, oh, this is its own thing now. This is not mm-hmm. me. This is. This can be its own thing now.
0: So digging in further mm-hmm. into the sequence, short films are amazing. Uh, yeah. Number one, they are easier to make than a feature film. Just mm-hmm. less things can go wrong, basically. Yeah. Uh, and number two, people do have a lower attention span. I wouldn't say the brain can only handle 20 minutes. I'm not going to totally, <laughs> totally go there. However, shorts are very hard to get right, actually. You need enough story to make it interesting, but you also need uh, not too much. Right. <laughs> and you need not enough to have it made makes sense and you just have to keep it as short as possible but you need enough there to keep people wanting more uh what has been your experience with short films
1: um i actually started out with short films um yeah that's where
0: i started too absolutely
1: i kind of have my own love for short films more kind of more than feature films at the moment i mean a good
0: short film i will love more than a feature film because i know how hard it is
1: yeah and you're right. Like you have to have a very, very interesting, almost complex story, so that mm-hmm. people will stay invested and interested. But you have to make it simple enough so that it can come to a solid conclusion by the end of quickly five or 10. without it yeah. seem
0: too quick. Yeah, exactly.
1: And you want the audience to almost feel like they achieve something by watching it. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different elements that you have to think about. And then it's so short, people are going to, like, analyze it. And they're all, I imagine audiences being almost a little more artsy. They're like, oh, what about, why did they do this? And almost question what you're doing more because it's so short.
0: Yep. Because they're not going on a journey with you and just kind of, Uh, stepping back and enjoying the, you know, the the movement of the story. Right. Instead, they're on the edge of their seat and they're very much plugged in. Right. So you got to nail it. And if you have something terrible, you know, bad acting, bad sound, bad picture, bad editing... it's so noticeable it in a is. short. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> it has to be flawless within yep. those few minutes. Oh my goodness! So uh, let's get back to Alma. I, I do love Alma. Oh, she's I will amazing. Say, oh my I think, gosh! Isn't Alma the brains of the operation? She is. I mean, <laughs> it's a low bar with my Mike and Jerry. I mean, I mean these guys are not wizards,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, they have their moments, but they're they're not the brightest pennies in the bunch for the most part. I mean, this is
0: very true that's why i'm so happy that alma comes in yeah <laughs> she's the one that comes up with the application mm-hmm. <laughs> she's uh filming the scene she's acting in the scene she's directing the scenes right. i always i loved it too she wanted to charge a lady an extra 20 bucks because her application said she had a lot of c's and it was a 20 dollar extra pay for averageness
1: oh my gosh and then she got it what i loved more was the fact that like by the end the lady agreed to it she's like all right, right here's your 20 bucks i'm like yep do these guys understand what just happened to them she is the best thing that ever happened to them Do they even exactly get that?
0: i know i'm Uh just saying oh elma's absolutely adorable and i like how she's always trying to get in on the team too she's Mm -hmm. like i want to be part of this team officially like she always feels like she's on the outskirts, sort of thing and i'm like i I feel you elma
1: (laughs) oh yeah i i Mm. felt with that too because it was like no that's how we all feel kind of it's almost one of those things where, where i i watched her do that and i'm like Every time I'm on set or I'm directing something, like, I don't want somebody to feel that way. And I'm always, like, super self-conscious. I'm like, all right, if you feel that way, I'm going to do everything I can to make you not feel that way because every single person is important here.
0: And the more welcomed you feel, the more you plug in. Exactly. And the more you help with ideas and motivation and everything that involves in the set.
1: Exactly. And I also thought that she kind of embodied the whole um attractiveness of film this is mm. what film does to people even if it's not your career choice if yeah. you're involved in a movie you want to be involved in that movie you know yeah. that's how everybody feels like no i want to be included tell me that i'm important because i want to be mm-hmm. i want to ha- provide more than just showing up yeah exactly like i mm-hmm. want to actually contribute and make this happen you know and i was like that that's what movie making does to people
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a world of almas. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so the team is now calling their videos Sweden.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they say it's because it's a rare type of video, and Sweden is a very far away. An expensive country. Mm. Uh, so they start uh, they start charging more uh, mm. for their reenacted and created videos. Now, from IMDB, there is this uh, quote, some believe the term was created due to the Swedish government's stance on file sharing, where many media corporations have succeeded in having files of their copyrighted works removed from internet websites. Sweden has treated file sharing as a form of free speech and the right of customers. Hmm. This is actually uh, not confirmed. It is just a theory. But either way, I go with, I'm Swedish, so I love it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so what did you think about them calling them Swedish videos?
1: I thought it was really entertaining. I was like, I'm wondering if you thought about this even more than like I would have <laughs> thought you would. Or you're just making crap up. But either way, I mean... <laughs> You know, exactly. it works. <laughs> I think it's more entertaining. Like, what is the first thing off the top of your head that you can come up with? Oh, we need a name. So how about this? That's the first thing you came up with? Like, okay. <laughs> you went okay. there? <laughs> <laughs> that's where you went with that. All right.
0: <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds foreign. It sounds fancy. Right. It sounds like you won't be able to understand this genre.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And they're so proud. It's like, Sweden. And they're like, no, that's actually just a made up word. And pretty you much. Know, it's pretty... You know, silly and out there, but, you know, it works.
0: (laughs) Somehow it's obscure enough to absolutely work. Oh, right. So the continuous shot montage Mm -hmm. is just magical. It's Mm -hmm. simply magical. Oh, So Jerry is still being diva-ish, and he has star written on his trailer, on his RV. Right. Uh, But they go from When We Were Kings, where Alma is smashing a melon off camera with a baseball bat Mm -hmm. for the punching sound effects. Then they use a car with the roof cut off to make it look like an airplane. It changes to 2001 with Mike running, but the camera spins within the wheel to make it look like he's a hamster in a wheel. Uh, Then it has Carrie with ketchup instead of Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kool-Aid. And then in Men in Black with the cars on a spool and the camera is upside down. I mean, it's just it's wonderfully inventive Mm -hmm. and it's all within a very complicated one tracking shot.
1: Totally, yeah. I thought it was incredible. I was like, every time you turn around, they're doing another camera trick, or they're doing yeah. another thing that takes a lot of creativity to come up with. Their smarts come out in the creativeness of yeah. making movies,
0: of dissecting it, of yeah. like deconstructing it. Really, right? To be like, okay, so you're flying through space,
1: <laughs> right? So well, how do we, we go have to a spool space with <laughs> <Right>. like two dollars. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Can I borrow some matchbox cars and turn right. a camera upside down? <laughs> yeah. It's it's utterly it just it's so inventive and it just sparks my creativity like I wish I could go there but there's part of it that's just like oh my gosh you're just good just keep doing this so things are going well for the team and Mr. Fletcher comes back to the store he sees a huge line Uh, he loves their enthusiasm but they still need $60,000 to fix the place or it'll be torn down and he doesn't think the videos can do that so Mike is disheartened and he feels like everything he's been doing is nothing Mm -hmm. so oh Oh, Phoebe and me as a filmmaker, yeah. I'm sure we both have this. <laughs> we feel like what we're doing is nothing. But I guess it's not a therapy session today.
1: <laughs> Dang it. I, I guess know. maybe next week.
0: We don't have six hours to get into oh, we feel like what we've been doing is nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, alright.
0: <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Right. So Jerry is insistent uh that they are doing a better business than what Mr. Fletcher has set up. And of course. Elma comes up with a genius idea. Mm -hmm. She thinks that if they make the film shorter and make more of them, and get everybody involved in making them, people won't feel cheated on the price. And they will also have the town involved in the whole process. She calls it stockholders in their own happiness. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what crowdfunding is. Basically. (laughs) And to me, that's also why crowdfunding works. Because it's, I love this idea so much, I want to be a part of it. Even if it's just money. But more than anything, it's updates. I want to know that it happened. So with one more week to go, the government comes and shuts them down. Dun, dun, dun. dun. (laughs) They have a copyright on 200 titles, possible fines of, I love this, $3.5 billion. I know. (laughs) Possible jail time of 63,000 years. And that's mostly because they use the movie's studio tapes and cover boxes. That's where most of the copyright infringement comes from. So the government has the the tapes steamrolled over. I would think they would use them for evidence in a court case. (laughs) That's just me.
1: Would think
0: right yeah. Yeah. uh but this through line is also kind of left like a big loose uh fat or a big loose end because you need to erase from your mind just like the tapes were oh see what i did there oh. uh that they are still being tried by the government and can still serve jail time and copyright infringement
1: <laughs> right it's not just the fact that their tapes are all completely you know gone you know they could go to jail or something and yeah, there's nothing they, you can't like never make, address a, that. make a movie out of, uh, out of your way out of You can't like make your way out of that by making movies. Like, that's how you got into this mess. So, have fun figuring that out.
0: Uh, but they never touch on it. So, nope. <laughs> so after what seems or has to be at least in the timeline, one day.
1: <laughs> right. after
0: the steam over and everybody's sad. Uh, Jerry, with a crowd of people, are chanting, we want movies! And they urge Mike to write his own. Uh, yeah. So he wants to tell a story of his hero and Mr. Fletcher's hero, Fats Waller, and the town of Passaic. Now, there is a chance that Fats Waller never came to the town, but Mrs. Followit says, our past belongs to us. We can change it if we want. I kind of like that. I mean, the history buff in me hates it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But the filmmaker in me loves it because yeah, it's I, very I rebellious.
1: So, oh, yeah. That was so sweet. I'm Like, that is the best advice they've heard this entire movie. That exactly. Was, it was so sweet. And it shows, I feel like it shows why we make stories in the first place. Right. You know, we we want to tell own... our
0: version of it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. They all knew that they were telling a lie, but they, they owned it. They're like, you know what? No, we're telling this story because mm-hmm. we believe in the story, not necessarily the fact that it's true.
0: It bonded the town together. It gave it the town pride. Yep. So it's kinda like don't don't take their pride away. You yeah. know, print the legend. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of historical urban legends that we believe that never happened. Right. Some of us make us feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah. We may as well add one to the mix.
0: Exactly, it's not hurting anybody. Right. <laughs> so they only have a week, of course, to make of this course. movie. But they get the town to help, and they record interviews, and they reenact scenes, and they are crazy inventive. Like the fan in front of the mm-hmm. camera, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, the cardboard cutouts of the Those old are cars. So sweet. I loved that because love that is that. like a big stickler. Like I have a couple of scripts that are period films, and I'm like, I can't get the automobiles. I can't get the cars. Right. And, and it's like.
1: like, like I, I think it was it. like, okay, so <laughs> when I'm at work, when I'm working at the movie theater, we make displays or something. Yeah, and cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts, right? And they give us stuff made out of cardboard. But, like, yeah. I like painting cardboard because we have a boatload yes. of it, you know? So I'm like... Alright, we're slow today. I'm gonna go make stuff out of cardboard. So that that nice. was like Oh, oh that was my your jam man. then. Oh yeah. Yep. I was like, Oh, what's it gonna do? <laughs> cardboard. <laughs> you can do so much with cardboard you have no idea until you actually try and you're like, I need to make something. Let's make it out of cardboard. And you never Why guess it'd not? actually work.
0: <laughs> they also use old movie tricks that are actually still movie tricks, the potato flakes as snow.
1: Right. That's still I think it was a trick. S-
0: I think it was Citizen Kane that I, I Mm -hmm. think, I could be totally wrong on that one, that I learned that the snow was potato flakes. I feel Um, like I heard that too. Yeah. There was styrofoam at one point, but styrofoam would make make people's eyes itchy. Yeah. So they ended up using potato yeah. Yeah. So then it is movie night and the admission is pay as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they only have a very small television to show it on. Mike is actually still filming the final scene as the people are taking their seats.
1: Classic. I thought that I was classic. I'm like, that's That's me a filmmaker right
0: not giving up, right? Yep. <laughs> one more, more
1: shot. One more shot. One more shot. <laughs> You're the last one behind. Like, no, I got to get it perfect. I got to get that last thing.
0: It's one of those things where I'm like, he's not edited Put it to music or anything, but he's it still sings true right to the that final. I'm not ready to let it go yet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, and the demolition guys for some reason at night are also outside. We're just
1: yeah, that was kind of weird.
0: They kind of have to be because the movie has to be shown at night, but right. at the same time it's fine maybe it's yeah. a really busy town during the day so they have to demolish it at night because right. it's just so busy
1: yeah. doesn't seem like
0: it you uh know. it just works for the story
1: yeah we'll <laughs> so give a, when we'll jerry give that one to him you know it's exa- all right.
0: it's all towards the end you're forgiving a lot more towards totally. the end
1: totally <laughs>
0: So when Jerry tries to make the TV higher So that everybody can see it It falls Uh, Well the guy who runs the West Coast video Helps him out with a projector See the big bad chain store isn't all bad (laughs) so they use a sheet and they put it against the window and i love that because mm-hmm. that's old school projector totally. you grab a sheet you put it against a white wall yep. <laughs> whoever's got the projector is generally somebody you know from somebody else right exactly <laughs> but they put it against the window and when they do that it reflects outside as well and we'll I get to that, that in a was second
1: really clever
0: I know. I think, and I liked how it was an accident, and it wasn't like yeah. they didn't think about it at first. It kind of like another situation that had to happen for that to happen. Totally. Um, I thought that was a lovely. And then the scene where they're watching the movie. This is mm-hmm. this is the second part that gets me almost as much as the montage. Like mm-hmm. the montage gets the filmmaker geekness in me. Oh, totally. Uh, and then watching them watch the movie that they made mm-hmm. that's what gives me chills and oh, that's yeah. reminds me of why I make movies Absolutely. um I just love that feeling that look of people with the light on their face mm-hmm. um and the audience is watching it and even shouting like oh this is my part coming up like yeah. I love that when somebody shouts that <laughs> totally me too. in the theater yeah. and then even um I love it when there's cheers for either their part or like their kids part totally like, I think that's the best. People are like, oh, you should be quiet and demur and, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> we made this. We get to <laughs> like, celebrate react. this. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Shout for yourself. Get your 15 minutes. <laughs> right. And it just reminds me that movies are a shared experience and that's the way it should be. And whether Absolutely. or not we make them or not or are a part of them or not, they're still... A shared experience because they become part of our lives uh they become part of us and if we seek them out we become part of them we kind of touch that magic a little bit but I love how the, the the film is projected against the window and the whole town sees it uh but they see the reverse image and the crowds gather and to me that's movies spilling out from the theater and into the streets and I feel like that's what movies do and that's mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do What do you think about the that last sequence there.
1: No, I thought it was very moving. I agree completely with everything you just said. Um, I thought it was really, really cool that the projected out the window, like I didn't see that coming. I didn't even think about it. I, I didn't just, think about
0: it either because it was dark. So, yeah.
1: Right. And I thought it was so cool that they they didn't plan it out. They were just like, oh, the, I guess this is what we should do because it's the flattest wall and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. And we'll
0: fit as many people in this space as we can. I'm sure there won't be anybody else who wants to see it.
1: Right. Exactly. And then I thought the reaction of the the people who were gonna bulldoze the house down. Yeah. They were even they were like moved by it. Even yeah. though they were like, Wow, this is actually really cool. Yeah. And, and they weren't changing their minds really, but they're like they no. saw it a
0: job to do. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, but they're like, wow, I understand why you made us wait a whole nother hour to tear this down because this is actually something.
0: It's important to the it's town. Important
1: and it's something to be proud mm-hmm. of. And they didn't say as much, but they kind of emoted as much as like you know something. Mm-hmm. Movies, movies matter, and they matter to people. And yeah. you don't, you don't ever know in what way they're going to touch other people. And right. I feel like that last scene, it really just embodied that idea that movies are for everybody. And exactly. they need movies to happen in order in order for movies to happen, they need everybody. So yes. I, I love the that more part. the
0: better. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that aspect of movie making where you have to do it with other people. You have to mm-hmm. physically create your own community in order to create it. Yeah, in order absolutely. to make the movie. And I love that part of it. And it never ceases to thrill me because you're breaching gaps, you know, all those, oh, absolutely. All those barriers that are up in like the world, you know, religion, race, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they don't matter. They literally it doesn't do matter, matter in movies. Nope. Yeah, exactly.
0: Actually, I the more it. diversity, the better because you're going to tell a richer story. You're going right. to see things from different perspectives. And it's beautiful. It brings a town together. Actually, yeah. it has that possibility. It, it ha- doesn't it does. always, but it should. It, it should, should bring a town yeah. together.
1: And that—that's what excites me about movies. That's one. That's something I want to do. I want to bring towns together. I—I I mean, yeah. I sound like a silly little girl with big dreams, but like no, seriously, <laughs> no, you that's don't. what I want to do. That's what you know? all
0: filmmakers start off sounding like. <laughs> and if we're lucky, we keep sounding like it.
1: Exactly. Because
0: that's the thing. It's only when we become jaded, like me. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts about Be Kind Rewind that I convinced mm. you to watch and now you love?
1: <laughs> I'm so happy you convinced me to watch this. Yay. I, I was like I was feeling kinda of run down, you know, it's been it's been a long few months, you know. Yeah. I was like but this movie, like I love movies that bring out the excitement back into yes. making movies because
0: lights a spark, doesn't it? It, it, it kind of rekindles the flame. I guess is probably a probably better metaphor.
1: Absolutely. And to me, making movies is basically my life. I, family, mm-hmm. you know, family, friends, God, my life are in filmmaking. That's my yeah. life. You know. Okay, I want I want to be excited about my life again, and it's like no, the the way you do that, or at least the way I do that, mm-hmm. is remembering why I love what I do. remembering yeah. why I love making movies and that is exact that's exactly what this film did. Was yeah like, okay, I can do this. All right this is <laughs> like I'm not alone in this. this is actually like I'm not in some trance and some like silly little
0: wishful thinking sort of thing
1: right this is actually people do this right and it's (laughs) worth it yes exactly exactly
0: (laughs) i love it to be kind rewind it's probably one of those little movies uh that not many people have seen but i highly recommend it especially to filmmakers because michelle gondry summed it up best in an interview when he said what be kind rewind is about he said How to make a movie for yourself. It doesn't have to be good. This isn't a competition. It's for making a movie and watching it. You need to reflect who you are. And if it works for you, make a new movie every month and have a party so i absolutely love that that is adorable i love <laughs> isn't it isn't it and to him that's the essence of what this movie is and i'm like yep nope that's what it was nope, for me that's too that's it yep exactly i feel like i want that
1: whole quote now on a poster so i can yes. remember that that is so cool i
0: will send it to you and you make that poster happen and make sure it's on cardboard and it's suited yes <laughs> done done <laughs> so that is it for this week big thanks to my guest filmmaker phoebe freer tell the good people where the best place to find you online is.
1: I have a Facebook like page that's just Phoebe Freer and I'm also I run a film production company called Elephant Trunk Films and where I like have a Elephanttrunkfilms.com and we have Facebook and Twitter and all that jazz.
0: Follow Elephant Trunk Films. You will not regret it. And follow Phoebe as well. She's she's good people. Cool. <laughs> she's making good art. I'm just saying. So if you've enjoyed the show, give us a thumbs up on YouTube and a subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to. It helps us get us better in the iTunes search ratings. Uh so Kate's take is now available on Google Play and Stitcher. All the sources that are mentioned and quotes that are mentioned in the show will be available. Available at galsguide.org. So next week is both Phoebe and I's birthday. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. We're sisters from another mister. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So next week after our birthdays, I am talking about one of my favorite films, Casablanca. So until next time. Kate's Take is brought to you by Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. For more information, including links to our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, visit galsguide.org.